and the word of God reads as follows. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. You may be seated. Father, I thank you for this moment, this preaching moment, and I thank you for these people who are here. I pray, God, that you would give me the spirit and confidence to preach this sermon. I pray, Father, that ears will hear what the spirit has to say. In your name we pray, amen. Pastor Aaron asked a great question during last week's message that I thought would be a great place to begin this week. How am I building? This question is critical as we consider how we relate to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Additionally, just as building is foundational to our faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ is foundational to our faith. I would argue this morning that temptation is relevant to how we build up one another in the faith as well. This passage fascinates me because it reveals that temptation is a part of the Christian experience. Maybe this is a reason why it is included in the, in the lectionary text. As Christians, we will all experience some form of temptation in our lives. But I have a feeling that some of you might be thinking, what exactly is temptation? I've heard it before, but I don't quite know what it means. How does temptation happen? Temptation is a desire to do something usually wrong or unwise. Temptation occurs when you have an opportunity to do something in that, 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 that is not right. For example, temptation can come from a desire because you want something that you, because there is something that you want, but you cannot have. Many people have developed a fundamental belief that Ash Wednesday is about giving, fasting, and praying more. And that temptation includes opportunities to lie, to cheat, to steal, for some reason or another. But I've come this morning to challenge you to consider a even deeper meaning of temptation in the Christian life. Here in Matthew's gospel, we have Jesus. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus' Jesus's cousin, John the Baptist, proclaims the good news and calls for people throughout Jerusalem and Judea to repent of their sins because the kingdom of God is near. John the Baptist John baptizes with water for repentance but warns that the Messiah is coming who were baptized with the Holy Spirit in the fire. 
Jesus appears one day before John the Baptist at the, at, at the Jordan River, where he will baptize him. And after his baptism, the Bible says that the heavens open up. The Holy Spirit appears in the form of a dove, and a voice affirms Jesus, saying that this is my beloved son, or rather, this is my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Then in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus continues to be led by the Holy Spirit. He leaves the Jordan River and is led into a wilderness. And the Bible says that Jesus fasts for 40 days and for 40 nights and becomes famished afterwards, right? Then the devil comes and tempts him, saying, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus responds, saying, it is written that every, that man should not live alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil takes Jesus up to the pinnacle of a temple, to the top of a temple, and tempts him a second time, saying, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written that the angels will have charge over you. But Jesus responds again, saying, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Then, the devil takes Jesus to a high mountain where he shows him all of the kingdoms of the world. And he tempts him a third time, saying, if you are the son of God, all of these things will be given to you. Only if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus responds, saying, away with you, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, brothers and sisters, many of us have been where Jesus finds himself. Many of us have been, have had a wilderness experience of our own. Lonely places where we have had to face difficult situations. At least many of us can attest to moments where life has felt lonely. And not only have we been where Jesus finds himself, but the hope this morning is that Jesus has also been where we have once found ourselves. And that is one way that Jesus can relate to us. And that is one way that we can relate to him. Now, each temptation represents something that is significant to the human experience. The first temptation represents nourishment as a necessity. Jesus is hungry because he's been fasting. 
and turning the stones to bread would fulfill his hunger. The second temptation represents God's understanding, represents understanding God's word. And the third temptation represents power. To take power over others feeds our egos. We shouldn't feed our egos and build ourselves up by having selfish intentions. What may be tempting to you may not be tempting for your neighbor. For some, it's misusing power. For others, it's participating in corruption. For some, it's not showing love to their neighbor. For others, it could be addiction. The situations vary from one to another and affect different people in more than one way. It is true that Jesus is the foundation of our faith. It is also true that temptation confronts us in our faith journey. In this passage, God uses Jesus as a model for how we should respond to temptation. This morning, I challenge you to search within yourselves and examine yourselves. How well do you respond to temptation? Is your response situational? Are there some areas where you need more help than in others? If so, then this morning I invite you to give whatever issue it is that you're struggling with over to God and make space for the Spirit of God to move in your life. Amen. Amen.